Welcome back, Giants fans. Hopefully everyone's having a good day. I know I am. Kevin Durant's a net. I'm actually going to make a video about that right after this, but we're going to talk about the Giants preseason. We are more than halfway through. There's only three preseason games these days, thank God, but the Giants are off to a 2-0 start, and look, winning's fun. I know it's only the preseason, and once September comes around, it's not going to matter, but Maybe it does matter a bit. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about preseason wins and culture and all that crap. I believe there's winning culture, losing culture, but they are winning. So we're going to take that. So it's nice to see that. The Davis Webb comeback against the Bengals was pretty fun on Sunday night. Now, unfortunately, there are some injuries to talk about. So that is the downside. But there is some positives. There are some positives, I should say. So anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the video. Leave a like, it always helps out, and let's get into it. Speaking of injuries, let's just start with the list because it's a long list. It's really no surprise with the Giants and the luck they have in the uh, the field they play on, which is something I want to talk about because the the MetLife turf and the injuries, it, it's just too much. I'm not a, a doctor. I don't, I don't really examine turf for a living. I don't know what the correlation is, but it's not good. Like You just see too many of these injuries happening at MetLife Stadium. I don't know what it is. I mean, the Darian Beavers injury, torn ACL, by the way, but that was like an example of, oh, the guy's foot got caught in the ground, which could be a ground issue, a turf issue, and the guy's season's over because of it. So I'm not saying it's just MetLife's fault, but like the evidence is there that there have been a lot of injury problems at MetLife Stadium. I even remember back to that game, it was week three, I believe, 2020 season, back when there were no fans allowed, and the Giants got destroyed by the 49ers, but the 49ers had like three injuries that day. It was Nick Bosa, I think, had the ACL, I think Jordan Reed, the tight end, got injured, and somebody else, and... One of the coaches, or maybe it was Shanahan, I don't know, but someone on the Niners like came out and said, like, what is up with this MetLife field that is not good for injuries? And it's like ever since then, like the, the MetLife Stadium injuries have been just like on notice, high alert, and it's been happening too much. So it's unfortunate. I thought Darian Beavers had a pretty bright future, especially for this season. Not saying he would have been like the Giants linebacker number one, but I thought he could have played a decent role for the defense in 2022. Anyway, Kayvon Thibodeau, MCL, out three to four weeks. And you see that, and it's like, uh, that sucks, right? I mean, Kayvon was one of the more exciting players to watch this year, but I really thought it was worse at first. I really did. I was driving back. I had the game DVR'd. I was driving back from dinner, um, and my brother looks at me and goes, oh, and I'm like, what, what? Because like, he knows like not to spoil the game because I had it recorded. And then I got another text from my friend saying like, uh-oh, with the eye emojis, and I'm like, what is going on? This is not good. Either Daniel Jones just threw like two interceptions or somebody's injured, and you find out somebody's injured. So I eventually had to look at it. I saw the play, and I was like, that is just not good. Once again, not a doctor, but you can tell by the way his knee bent, it was not supposed to go that way. Was it a dirty play by, I think it's Thaddeus Moss, Randy Moss's son? I mean, technically, the NFL wants you to do that type of stuff. They don't want you going after the head. I know it's like different because that's tackling, but still, I think technically that's a legal block. I have no idea why. Because that's like a weak side seal type block. Like there was no need for that. You know what I mean? Like the run play was going to the left and he was sealing off Kayvon on the right side. Like there was no need for that. You know what I mean? Like just, just block the guy, you know, shoulder pads, grab his chest. Like there's no need to dive at the guy's legs. I mean, maybe I'm just a salty Giants fan, but like still, if that happened to anybody, some other young, exciting defender like a, a Nick Bosa, if it happened to uh, DeForest Buckner or somebody else like that, I would feel sympathy for that guy. I'd be like, what the hell is that? That's not like a necessary block right there by the uh, tight end. So I, I just think it's kind of like, 
I don't know, not Bush League, but like you just, you don't need to do that. So I don't know. But anyway, yes, only three to four weeks. Maybe Kayvon's out the first week or two, but we will get to see him at some point this year. Thank God. It could have been a lot worse. I thought it was a lot worse, but he came out of the medical tent. He was laughing, joking around, and the camera was on him. So we felt pretty good right away, but it, it was scary there for a bit. Shane Lemieux, toe injury. Um, he might be out at the beginning of the year. We'll see how that goes, but he was uh, a guy that was supposed to be on track to be a starter this year whether it could have been left guard or center. So another bad injury luck there for Shane Lemieux, who missed a lot of last year. Matt Breda, undisclosed. Maybe they have disclosed it, but the Giants like website or ESPN, where I looked for the injuries, they did not really say what it was. So Matt Breda, of course, is in that running back two battle. It seemed like he had that job for sure, but guys like Antonio Williams are playing really well. So maybe there is an RB2 competition going on there. Kadarius Toney, leg injury. He has not played in the preseason yet. The Giants don't seem that concerned about it, but I'm concerned. I mean, look, this guy's been injured a lot last year. He was injured in college with the shoulders. So Kadarius Toney, we just got to see him on the field. If they want to rest him, that's fine. Keep him out the uh, Jets game on, on Sunday. That's cool with me. You had Joshua Izuda missed the last preseason game. Ben Bredesen, Ricky Seals-Jones, the tight end, went to IR. His season's probably over. Marcus McKeithen, another late-round pick of the Giants this year, another rookie. He tore his ACL. Cordell Flott, another rookie, third-round pick. He hurt his groin. That, of course, can take a while to get back from. Graham Gano, the freaking kicker, got a concussion. I remember that play. He kind of took like a heel to his head, diving to try and stop a kickoff return by Chris Evans of the Bengals. So that was unfortunate. Andre Miller, the tight end, not the Denver Nuggets point guard or Sixers point guard, but Andre Miller out of Maine. He goes on the IR with a wrist injury. There was some promise there. The Giants definitely have a lot of tight end question marks right now. Daniel Bellinger, of course, tipped up the ball. It was intercepted. We'll talk about that. But yeah, I mean, the Giants tight end room is not really promising right now. They could, of course, sign a veteran. I know Eric Ebron was uh, rumored at one point for the Giants, so maybe that happens. But the Giants can definitely use some type of reinforcements at the tight end position. All right, so let's talk about the game now. The Giants, of course, had the 25-22 victory against the Bengals. We saw the Davis Webb comeback. I think the Giants were down 16-7 in the late third quarter. And Davis Webb and the Giants put up 18 points in the fourth quarter compared to the Bengals 6. So it was a fun and exciting game. We saw some starters play for a lot of the first quarter. Daniel Jones played most of the first quarter. You had Kenny Galladay out there running routes. Blake Martinez came back and played, I believe, for the first time since the injury. And the Giants' starting offensive line in that game was... Andrew Thomas left tackle, no surprise, but they had Devery Hamilton at left guard, the two-year man at a Duke now. They had center Max Garcia, because the Giants have so many injuries right now in the offensive line, and of course, Mark Lewinsky and Evan Neal um, at right tackle. So, you know, that was a bit of a different rotation, but... I thought they played pretty well. Like, looking at, like, I didn't really diagnose the offensive line, but just watching that game and seeing the pockets that Daniel Jones had and seeing some of the running lanes, I thought the pass blocking was better than the run blocking um, against the Bengals, but still, the offensive line, I thought, played very well. It seemed like the quarterbacks were untouched for most of the night. I know Tyrod had that cool spin out to his left, but, like, outside of that, there weren't really many moments where the quarterback was pressured, so a lot of credit to the offensive line for how they played. Andrew Thomas specifically looked really good, and for Devery Hamilton, I mean, look, this is a guy now who was supposed to be in that swing tackle conversation because of the Matt Gano retirement, but I guess there is a chance that they can move him inside and be the left guard. Like, I don't know what the Giants really plan to do for 
week one against the Titans. I don't know if Shane Lemieux is going to be back in time. So I guess it's not out of the realm of possibility that Devery Hamilton is the starting left guard for the Giants in week one. So, I mean, I guess crazier things have happened. So we'll talk about Daniel Jones. He was 14 of 16, 116 yards, uh, no touchdowns, one interception. The interception, not his fault. It was a good throw, so I can't put that on him. I thought he looked good. He looked comfortable. I mean, Daniel Jones didn't play like you know, out of this world. It wasn't like the greatest performance ever, but he looks more comfortable. That was number one. That was more important to me than anything, like looking more comfortable in this offense. And like he was accurate, did not really put the ball in harm's way. And he made a couple nice throws. There was the one throw left side of the field, about 20 yards downfield to, um, to David Sills, what a good game in this one, back shoulder throw. And of course, I said to myself, why can't they do that with Kenny Galladay? Like, that would be the perfect Kenny Galladay type pass, a back shoulder outside, um, you know, near the out of bounds line. Like, that would have been a good throw for Kenny Galladay. But, you know, seeing David Sills make plays, that was cool. And yeah, Daniel Jones, like, looked fine, in my opinion. It's a shame that you look at the stat sheet and you're like, oh, we had an interception, but, you know, it wasn't really his fault when you watched the game. Um, you know, we thought we got rid of the Evan Ingram curse of having the tight end always bat the ball in the air, but now Daniel Bellinger's doing that. So hopefully it was just a one-time thing. But yeah, after this game, the Tyrod Taylor people were a lot quieter. I'll put it that way. So, you know, Daniel Jones is going to be the starter week one, and I don't know how long it's going to last for. I could see a scenario where it doesn't go that well, but I could also see a scenario where Daniel Jones plays, you know, well enough the entire year and they keep him in there. So, We'll see what happens with that. The running game, I said Antonio Williams played well. He was 5 for 26 on the ground. Um, Jay Sean Corbin out of Florida State, he had 9 carries for 27 yards, 3 yards a carry, and that touchdown. Now receiving-wise, it was Alex Bachman, who was just unbelievable in the second half. He had 11 catches, 122 yards, and 2 touchdowns, including the eventual game winner. And Bachman even made a good special teams play. I think it was right after he scored his first touchdown on the kickoff, he made a really nice special teams tackle and got the guy by his feet, took him down. So yeah, I mean, Alex Bachman just all around had a great game in that one. And the Giants do have some good receivers. I mean, it's not like the most stacked wide receiver group, but they might have to let somebody that I think deserves to make the team go. Like there's no way they can keep all of Colin Johnson and Darius Slitton and Alex Bachman and David Sills. Like, somebody has to go, unfortunately. I don't really see them carrying, like, eight wide receivers. I don't think that's going to happen. But, yeah, we saw David Sills. He had five for 56 in this game. I think most of that was in the first half, if not all of it. We saw Antonio Williams had seven catches for 46 yards. I have noticed that Daniel Jones has been more... I guess, willing to dump the ball down to running backs this year. We did not see it as much in the past. I don't know if it was because Saquon was out or whatever, but, you know, Saquon didn't play in this game, so that's not really an excuse. But I've just seen Daniel Jones, like, more willing to just just check it down if the uh, big play is not there. Like, we've seen times where Daniel Jones will scan the field, doesn't see anything, goes through the progressions nicely, and then we'll check it down to the running back for a four, five, six-yard gain. So, you know, hopefully they use Saquon Barkley that way this year. That would be nice. But, yeah, seeing Antonio Williams get those catches was definitely interesting. We saw some of that in the Patriots game in the first game as well. Now, defensively in the secondary, once again, we saw Aaron Robinson get picked on again. He almost gave up a touchdown, I think. I forget what happened on that play. But you notice with Aaron Robinson, like, he doesn't get his head turned around. Like, he will sometimes get beat by a step on a deep ball and will never get his head turned around. And I remember that one play, like, the receiver dropped it in the end zone. But, like... You just see too many instances where Aaron Robinson is kind of getting torched by his guy, but I don't know. I just have a lot of concerns about this cornerback two spot. I liked Robinson coming out of college, but 
it just seems like this is not his natural role. Maybe he is more of a slot guy. He was drafted to be more of a slot corner. I know they have Darnay Holmes and now Cordell Flotts on the roster. They got rid of James Bradbury, so somebody's got to step up on the outside, and we were hoping it would be Aaron Robinson. Now, he could be good. We'll see. The uh, regular season has not started yet. We have not seen any real football, quote-unquote, but so far from what we've seen, it's like Dory Jackson's not even seeing targets on his side of the field. They're always attacking Aaron Robinson, so that cannot be a good thing. Special teams-wise, I do remember they gave up like a 77-yard kickoff return to Chris Evans, and that was the play where Gano got the concussion, I believe. But um, yeah, the Giants' special teams has not been that great. I feel like the Patriots had a decent punt return against them. The Bengals had a couple nice plays, including that one. So yeah, I mean, the special teams, maybe uh, Joe Judge, you know, we need him back. I don't know, but uh, the special teams definitely has to be better going forward. Now, Davis Webb, shockingly, goes 22 of 27, 204 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. You know, he did have a lot more passes than Tyrod Taylor, but I thought he definitely outplayed Tyrod Taylor. Not to say there's going to be a real quarterback two competition, but... We know the Davis Webb story. He could have been a coach. He wanted to keep playing. So it seems like if the Giants are going to keep three quarterbacks, then Davis Webb will be on this roster. It's kind of funny, though. Like Davis Webb was like just with the Giants five, six years ago, and now he's like back again, and he's actually playing pretty well. So that's cool to see. Speaking of special teams, I forgot to mention this, but um, CJ Board, he fumbled a kick return. So you don't want to see that. I do believe he got a rib injury on that play. So maybe he like got hurt and then just dropped the ball out of a natural reaction. I don't know, but still... Hold on to the ball, please. You don't want to see that. This was interesting. Wandale Robinson had three catches for negative three yards. That is like a Rondale Moore type game for the Cardinals. Like just catching all these passes behind the line of scrimmage and having it go for not many yards. I remember there was one play. It might have been their first drive. Daniel Jones threw a quick screen to him and he was like stopped two yards behind the line of scrimmage. So the Giants will do a lot to get the ball in Wandale's hands. But how many of these Wandale screen passes would naturally go to Kadarius Toney? That's my question. Like I do, I do believe, yes, Tony was part of the previous regime with Judge and Gettleman, but I do think Joe Shane and even Brian Dable look at Kadarius Tony, and they're like, yeah, that kid's really talented. Let's try and get him the ball. So I do think some of these Wandell Robinson screen passes and just quick screen plays, they will go to Kadarius Tony. I think we know that. And I would not be surprised that if Kadarius Tony plays majority of the season, that he will be the target leader for the Giants. Hopefully that is the case because I do think he is the most talented receiver on the roster. Now, Wandell Robinson will definitely have his moments. He'll have his plays, but the Giants have not really targeted him downfield yet, which is a bit disappointing. Like when he was making big plays at Kentucky in college, we saw a lot of plays from the slot. He would just run like a, a wheel route. He would just go straight, you know, down the hash deep and they would hit him for big plays. We have not seen that yet with the Giants. Maybe they're saving that for the regular season. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, mostly positive takeaways, I would say. Of course, when you win, that's cool. But like, I just feel like watching that game, and even though some of the starters were out and we saw Kayvon have the injury, like I think there were more positives. We saw Evan Neal get better from the first game to the second game. He had some struggles against the Patriots, but looked much more comfortable in this game against the Bengals. So we'll see who plays against the Jets on Sunday. I don't know what to expect. Maybe they play the starters for a half. We'll see. Maybe they give Tyrod the third quarter, Davis Webb the fourth quarter. But um, I, I do want to see the starters play more. I, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I guess... I guess it would be kind of smart to not put them in harm's way, but part of me wants to make sure the chemistry is down and all that crap, and 
I still don't expect Kadarius Tony to play, but if he did, I guess that'd be cool. But that's another guy that I don't want to unnecessarily put on the field and put him in harm's way if he's not 100% yet. But anyway, we are getting close. One more preseason game, then we'll have the regular season starting around September 11th against the Tennessee Titans. And, uh, you know, once again, I don't know if Kayvon's going to play in that game. Hopefully he does. But if not... They have a very winnable week two game against the Panthers. Hopefully they get it done there. So, so that will do it. I hope you guys enjoyed. Definitely want to have some more videos out before the season starts, like a bold prediction video, a 53-man roster prediction, probably uh, react to the Jets game after Sunday. So yeah, we'll do all that stuff. Hope you guys enjoy. Stay tuned for the season, and I'll talk to you guys next time.